The Tony Award-winning musical In the Heights made its transition from stage to screen with the release of the In the Heights movie directed by John Chu and starring a range of actors. <laughs> range of actors. <laughs> starring Anthony Ramos, Corey Hawkins, Olga Merendez, Jimmy Spitz, and others. In the Heights is an eclectic modern musical that takes place in the streets of New York City. Art, uh, this is a show that a lot of people had a familiarity with before the transition to uh, screen. I, I've famously seen the show on Broadway, I might say. Oh, have you? I have. Uh, but what was your familiarity going into the In the Heights movie? Uh, I have not been able to see the play as many times as others <laughs> in this chat may have been able to. I have seen the slime tutorials online when you're able to, to get a, a little behind the scenes of what it was like uh, to be there. So I only knew a little bit, but I knew yeah. the gist of the story. I've listened to the recordings of it, and I've seen some really good high school productions of it online. Right. Like, I mean, that's the thing with Broadway shows is that, like, you do have the benefit of getting the cast albums and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. even if you don't necessarily see the full pr production or have a recording, only see though. a snup snippet of it from the, the Tonys, or you, you just get that YouTube bootleg, um, there, there are different ways to... Uh, to be able to take it in, not everybody gets to gets to see it on Broadway. Um, oh lord! That, that's my little flex, my little playbills. I, I just, you know, I got I got to bring some evidence, right? Like I can't just talk uh, about having done it. I I was there before and after they won that Tony Award. That's my hipster cred, my hipster Broadway cred. You were for there the before video. the EGOT. Exactly. I was I was in on Lin Manuel before it became cool to be out on Lin Manuel. Before he's got seven entries for original <laughs> song in one year. Exactly. This would be the first of them in 2021. <laughs> right. So, yeah, the, the movie or the musical has made its transition to the movie after almost 15 years removed yep. from the Broadway show. So you have a whole new cast of characters for the most part, although Olga Meredes is uh, reprising the Abuela role, and you do have Lin-Manuel showing up as the Piragua man. Uh, but what did you think about the movie in terms of how they adapted the uh, famous musical? Uh, for me, you have to take it on who they chose to actually make the adaptation, coming right off of Crazy Rich Asians. He's also even done great musical documentaries. The, the, the Beebs, he, I think he did... Uh, I don't know if he did both, but I know he did uh, one of the biggest ones for him. I really do like his visual style. I know some people have compared it to an Old Navy commercial. They're not wrong, but sometimes those Old Navy commercials also look like summer, and he made this movie feel like summer. He mm -hmm. made the dance choreography look pretty engaging. It's very colorful, <laughs> if that's a word that some may want to use. But I still don't think that he's got it when it comes to drama. And I think the worst part where the movie uh, falls flat is in the drama. It's in the parts where it tries to be really deep, while at the same time not really being a movie that's deep. It doesn't really want to talk about the issues yeah. That it's bringing up, so why even bring them up? But in terms of the dancing and it being a musical, I think that's what a lot of people were looking forward to. And if you mm -hmm. were looking forward to that, if you enjoy those first 10 minutes that HBO released for you to catch, I think you're going to enjoy the movie because it's that for two hours plus. The drama is okay. I think the thing about In the Heights as a musical that does make it exciting, this is removing it even from the movie, is that it has these modern 
touches to it, whether that is the integration of hip hop or some more Latin sound specifically in this, things that make it not feel like more of a stuffy, traditional Broadway musical, the kind of like Sondheim musicals that most people are familiar with. So mm -hmm. there's just something that's exciting about that. Like, does will that musical style work for everybody? I, I'm not so sure. You know, there's people who have 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 expressed their their uh, lack of interest in Lin-Manuel's music, but I think when you compare it to to what you ordinarily get in a Broadway show, it's it's a really interesting mixture of that show tune sensibility, that broad mm -hmm. kind of style of emotiveness with a more modern flair. So for me, that's something that made In the Heights a musical that I really responded to. And I, I think John Chu is able to bring that kind of modern aesthetic to the design of the show in terms of the way that it feels like street level, I really liked that about In the Heights, the way that they're able to incorporate city life into what they're showing. I liked, I think, just specifically in some of the techniques they chose in how to film some of the cinematography, some of the choreography rather, is where mm -hmm. it let me down in that I kind of wanted to see really? these talented performers do more. I thought way too much of it was shot kind of mid-level, waist high, where you don't see the performer's legs moving, where you don't see the full movement a, okay. a lot of the time. Man, that's where I, I thought he did the best in it. Mm -hmm. To go back really quick on your on your bit about it not being for a lot of people, oh, trust me, that has been out there. And even I, as a fan of Lee Manuel, is like, yo, does this homie need to be in seven productions in one year? Encanto just came out as we're recording this. That trailer yeah. just dropped for Disney. He's got Vivos, that's Sony and Netflix. So he is everywhere. I mean, he comes out as a Piragua guy, and everyone's been making the meme of him just always blaring and being super loud. He's very high that's in the mix in this movie. That said, where you have people who don't like the music, they don't like that style, at least they're being just as honest as the other side that loves it because it's something new for them. And that's the only reason they're gravitating towards it. Right. To get to the choreography, which also corresponds to the music, this ain't new. It's been around. The difference is that we're finally seeing it in a big production. Mm -hmm. I actually enjoy the choreography because the one, the one in the pool, the 92,000 one. 96,000, That's yeah. fire, dude. I love that one. I think that's fantastic. I can't help it but to like, oh, when the camera goes underwater and it pops back up, it looks great. There's one problem with the color correction and, and we caught it right away. Yeah, and then he came out and I felt really bad because now we're getting back into the budget side of things and where they cheaped out and didn't want to come back to film there. Mm -hmm. And so they had to do it in a sound studio and that you can just tell. That green shot is so obvious. And I can't, look, I will I will critique John M. Chu for the stuff that 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 he directs and it's not just not coming through. This wasn't his fault. And I've heard him in interviews mention like, we just did not have the budget to do that. In that same scene, when Vanessa is in her tube and then you got the circles around, mm -hmm. they copy and pasted the group in the circle to each three. And all the man had asked for the budget was to not skimp out on bodies. You can see that sometimes uh, in this. And I, and I hate that because this is something that's going to live on forever. This is the movie adaptation for it. I do like how he did the choreography, though. There are several mm -hmm. moments in that pool sequence when Benny, Sonny, is doing his whole like rap sequence. Yeah. And you got the dudes in the back who are doing a specific style, right, that's more West Coast. When you have everybody doing the... Um, 
carnaval scene in the alley every single person every single demographic that's got their own flag yeah. they're bringing in that style of dance that corresponds to their country um I yeah see for me saying. the the carnival del barrio scene worked a lot better to me than the 96,000 th- scene and okay. i think for me that's cuz i maybe saw some of the the seams in terms of production uh wh- whether it is that yeah. shot whether it is the duplication there there's a certain sequence where Warner skimped there where you're cutting between um benny and Usnavi and uh, Carla, and they're all just kind of walking in different directions, you know? <laughs> like, it's a little bit basic at that point. I, I, and 96,000 for me was like the standout song when you saw it, uh, when I saw it live. Uh, for okay. me in the movie, Carnival del, ba- del Barrio is the one that really gets elevated, uh, and you really do get to feel that atmosphere. That's something that I, I really that I think more musicals could benefit from is that when you see a show uh, live on stage, you really do get the the full feeling of the production. You see all the background dancers. And and I think in Carnival del Barrio, you did get to actually appreciate that there is a whole group in that space. Um, yeah. so, and that's, yeah. the, that's the difference between the slime tutorials too. You don't get to see, you don't get to see it either because you got it all got up. But <laughs> do I, you have I, a favorite I, song I from the movie? I'm gonna be honest with you. It's gonna sound so weird, but I love the remix of Para Siempre when it it's glitches. Great. When, it, when it just uh, like the grandma, Abuelita even said it. She's like that. That's her favorite part. The scratch in the in the in the bit. Um, and she would have been one of the people who I think also steals the show. Uh, a lot of the actors in this had done like, what's his name who plays Usnavi? I've been I've been a big Anthony fan Ramos. of Ramos. Yeah, he he did a he did a run on Broadway as Usnavi himself yeah. alongside a Vanessa played by Vanessa Hudgens, which I found really interesting, but. I think he's a really talented dude. I also think that the rest yeah. of the cast really came in to do their thing. The actress who plays Nina, I know that she's been a singer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Even uh, our, our our boy Hawkins comes in. Everybody has known this man as, from uh, straight out of Compton, they'd, they'd call him Baby Dre. Yeah. Now we're going to call him Benny. Like <laughs> I love how the cast has been saying he always talks about how he doesn't know how to sing. Oh, he's new to this. Man, steal the show. He should have had yeah. more. As someone who's seen the original play, some songs were changed. Some yes. plot elements were changed. The biggest gripe I will have without even getting to a lot of the other stuff that I feel that they changed it to modernize it only for it to kind of hit them in their face because they set the sums up to a degree with the stuff yeah. that they tried to modernize, in my opinion. The song, though, they should have kept this whole element between Benny and Nina in where he doesn't really know Spanish in the play, right? And there's mm-hmm. this beautiful song in the play. Where he yes. says something in English, she says it in Spanish. Then she says it in English, he says it in Spanish. Bro, that would have been incredible to see. <laughs> Especially given how much of this is a bilingual musical. I, I, that song oh, would have killed it. Would have been really helpful. You know, you, you talked been a little TikToks on that and everything. That's why they didn't go trending. You mentioned earlier uh, that the drama didn't work quite as well for you here. And no. I, I think. It's the removal of elements like that that really took away from it. There's a whole plot line about Nina's uh, parents that, you know, is basically not there. They remove her mother entirely. Mom's not even in it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of this movie hinges on the tension that develops in that relationship. But you you take out more than half of the scenes where they're actually talking about what's going on. And that... it suddenly feels underdeveloped, right? Like 100%. You get to a resolution and it's like, but we just brought this up two scenes ago, you know? Yes, sir. And I think in the Heights as structured, unfortunately it it doesn't work as well as a movie. It works better as a musical because when movies, 
you know, there's really has to be an inciting incident that, that causes the tension from the jump. And in the Heights spends so much time just bringing you into the world and taking you along on the on these fun songs that it doesn't really have any conflict until over an hour into the movie. And I think to me, that's part of why it ultimately feels a little bit overlong as a film. And even the ending, you get a resolution that jumps to a different period that I know the play doesn't, but then it, it ignores all the side characters. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to spoiler alert it and and talk about that ending? Sure. Let's talk about some spoiler alerts. Definitely go catch it. It's still on HBO Max if you're if you're able to. I know that they'll bring it back within the two months as well. It is it is perfect to catch at home. Um, yeah. But if what you're going for it is the musical elements to it, again, the drama doesn't work for me. But I caught it in Dolby and it was fantastic in Dolby. It is mixed to perfection when it comes to the sound, especially because they recorded it all in, in the booths. So when they're walking yeah. through scenes inside, the way that they mixed it for the differences in room tone and stuff, definitely go catch it if you want to. But full spoilers. If you haven't caught this seven times like Zachary has, <laughs> then don't go get it spoiled for you because it's, it's still a story that regardless of which version you see, uh, always best to be experienced firsthand. But let's talk about that that technique that they had throughout. Did it work for you? This whole so, beach yeah, sequence. There's a framing sh- device in the film where mm-hmm. Usnavi is a little bit older and he's on a beach ostensibly in Puerto Rico and he's talking to a group of kids. Well, Dominican. And, oh, DR, it's he's in, in the DR. Yeah. Oh, he's in the he's DR. Puerto my Rican, bad. but remember, he's playing a, a Dominican Republican. Right, my bad. Um, and... <sighs> And he also one of the kids is supposedly his his, uh, his kid. We find out through the course of the movie, and he's kind of telling them the importance of his uh, of their story and their journey, um, only for it ultimately to be revealed in the middle of the last song that it's a fake construct and that he's still on the Upper West Side in Washington Heights. It, it just does not really work, and and I think they lie to you. First of all, you never want to be lied to as an audience member. Like, it, it sucks to have that unreliable narrator unless an expert filmmaker is playing with it. But on the other hand, they give that moment no room to breathe. It happens in the middle of a song with the music still going. And then as soon as you process it, they're into the last verse and ending the movie. Like, th- there's just no... There's... It, they they undercut themselves in a lot of ways by just what sort of saying. rushing that whole moment. And I actually love it. That that sequence where he's actually staring out into the beach and everybody is there, I believe may have also been the final day on set. So mm. like those tears were all probably real. They were really <laughs> feeling it. I really do love the framing device. But when they lie to you in the middle of it and someone, one of the kids asks, who won it? Who won the lottery ticket? And they straight up go, well, we never knew. But you did know <laughs> this is 10 years removed from that moment that yeah. feels kind of lazy to me i can never be a fan of that but i did like what they thought they were going for it would have been cool to see as one of the kids complains man you take so long we should have had a moment where like someone came in we heard like the bells you yeah know, something to like tip us well, off that's but the they, thing it's they just so half baked you know they they could have been more creative with it they could like have sunny's story <laughs> like yeah, sunny's I mean, changes th- that's the other who's thing. an activist but didn't know parts of his own 
background like yeah there was stuff that they tried to modernize and they only made the characters seem a little bit more foolish yeah. i wish that they kept more of the tensions between uh nina and when she comes back and some people feeling like she was oh too pompous to come back mm-hmm. the fact that stanford is completely different than stanford in 2004 so <laughs> there's a lot of elements to it that uh story-wise did not feel <laughs> like it was for the actual latin people going to go see it Speaking of that, Go too, ahead. the movie was very kind of lost in time in terms of, you know, like... Talk about it. <laughs> radioing out to taxis. Dispatching. But te- texting a guy, but also everybody's phone is dead after the blackout or something. Like, it, it it didn't... Des- it couldn't decide whether or not it wanted to be present day or kind of a period piece. That's, again, story-wise, it was the worst part. But, hey, a little the sloppy. Dancing, a little bit sloppy. I liked it. Yeah. Yes. And, and when Corey Hawkins gets up on the side of that building, it, it's a magical movie moment, you know? It's perfect. Yeah. When Abuelita's in the train and she's walking about, and she's all of a sudden in the subway. Best shot of the movie, easily. And and Paciencia Efe is probably, visually at least, the the best moment in the film. While I, you know, I really love Carnival del Barrio in terms of the performance of it all. The way that they're able to make that like a, its own little vignette of a story, I think, was mm-hmm. so powerful. And and might even earn her a supporting actress nomination if the buzz Probably. is to be believed. I could definitely see that. I know that the new song that they switched Nina and uh, uh, Nina and Benny's character, I believe, is also an original song, technically. So I know that that's also a song that they could push. That's definitely going to be something that they're going to be garnering up. But the box office for this movie just definitely fell flat. I think that was another aspect that you do need to take yeah. into account. A lot of people would like to say that, oh, well, you know, it didn't do well at the box office, so now box office doesn't matter. No, because if it did do yeah. well, we'd be praising its box offices. So uh, box office numbers. So looking at it, do you think the HBO role played any factor to it? I'd say no, because Conjuring was just released beforehand and it didn't affect that one. Well, I, I would say that it is to a certain extent in that I think conjuring and horror movies like that and action movies like that are are more traditionally thought of as like you have to see them on the big screen and i don't know if we think of musicals that way as much as being surrounded by the dolby sound and whatever does really benefit you i think movie going culture is more driven towards those kind of big loud ip genre kind of movies the you know your godzilla's v kongs and stuff like that so in that way i do think the hbo release maybe did undercut in the heights a little bit but i also think there's just not that much excitement or familiarity around this movie as, as maybe I thought there would be, you know, and um, it, it, Lin-Manuel da, is a pretty well-known name, but he's not the face of this movie and, and he's oversaturated at this point too. You know, uh, if people really want to see a Lin-Manuel musical, the most famous one is on Disney plus right now. Hamilton. So yeah. then do you, are you saying that that's also going to affect the numbers for Dear Evan Hansen and Spielberg's West Side Story, which was filmed in the same locations that this movie was filmed? Well, West Side Story... Or those do well? West Side Story has... West Side Story's more IP. Has I, the name brand. Yeah. I, I don't think Dear Evan Hansen's gonna do well. <laughs> I mean, based on the trailer, it, too, You don't think but an almost 30-year-old playing a high school student's not going to sell? I, I, I don't see that um, connecting with the mainstream Look, audiences. Do you know uh, Ramos is going to be the lead in the next Transformers movie? Yeah. Like, this is kind of the, the launching of his, like, big career, I think. Why would this be well, the launch? This, they should have this been was Transformers. supposed to be last year. I know, but it should have been Transformers. He's the face of it. Mm-hmm. And then everybody comes to his face again in In the Heights. 
Come on, dude, they slept on, uh, not slept, they put it in the shelf for Cabin mm. in the Woods, they waited for Avengers to come out, then they released Cabin in the Woods, and that movie did numbers. I don't know, it seems like Simple Math 101, but I think they were relying on a lot of uh, the demographic that they yeah, thought they no, were targeting, that they I ended think, up not targeting, and then they exactly. didn't want to go see the movie. I, I think they thought they had a bigger hit on their hands than ultimately they did, and I'm a little surprised by that, uh, to be honest, but maybe people didn't see this as quite the, like, crowd-pleasing movie that it really turns out to be. It's it's a little long, too, for a musical, but... Two hours I don't know, I, yeah. I enjoyed it, even if I didn't love it. I had a, a good enough time with it. I'm surprised more people haven't checked it out, but maybe it's just one that's going to be more, more of a sleeper. Especially if it does remain in the awards conversation, because I, I could see it playing a factor in uh, Oscars and stuff later this year. Yeah, even if sure. it's not necessarily, like... A, a astounding movie to me. I think it's well made enough, and there's enough aspects of it that that could be rewarded. That you know, if it gets a couple of those technical categories, it's just going to remain in the awards conversation. You know, sounds dope. Did you have any thoughts on the whole controversy uh, with the with the Afro Latina representation in the movie? Uh, we are at a point in time where you need to have an entire group of people. Who just sit around to see what possible we do have that i know these companies have that mm-hmm. to see what backlash you're gonna get how i truly believe that hbo has people hoping for backlash so that they could get more conversations starting right I-, I think the biggest thing is that uh one if you've been to the heights <laughs> yeah bro it looked completely different than the movie like right. that's just a fact like this isn't even like trying to push it to mm-hmm. something that's not fully there it makes sense and again this is what i mean by the story you told people, pay attention to these really important thematic elements. And then they brought it up. It's almost like it shot itself in the foot. I understand people, yeah. like, they get annoyed from people always trying to cancel it. I know Rita Moreno came out, but she's also getting a doc produced by Lee Manuel <laughs> as well. If your poster says the time is up, the time is now, right? you do sound kind of goofy telling people to continue waiting. If you put the burden of representation on yourself, then you, you, you open yourself, yourself to uh, that type of criticism. And it makes sense to me. And, you know, while I do think that a movie like In the Heights should be able to exist kind of like as on it its own is, as well. unfortunately, like, it is part of a greater movie landscape. And there there aren't 10 other In the Heights, right? There's just mm-hmm. this one. And with being the one, there is like an increased burden uh, in terms of what type of representation you're you're providing. Uh, And you play into this long, ugly history, unfortunately. So I I understand the criticisms of of it. It doesn't stop me from being able to enjoy the movie, but like, you know, I I am, I think it's, they're worth hearing and and worth paying attention to, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially when, you know, this isn't like some, uh, some fantasy musical. This is about a specific An actual place. place and people. Yeah. yeah, But they also didn't pay attention to half of the other stuff that the story was talking about <laughs> and the gentrification and all of that. There right. wasn't enough fitted caps in there. There should have been more <laughs> Yankee caps in the movie. That, yeah. that's, what, that's where they got it wrong. That's true. A, a, lot of, uh, a lot of vests and a lot of the khaki jeans kind of, or, or like baggy khaki jean things. I don't know. Yeah, all of this in the middle of summer. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, I'd say it's like a like a mild positive from from both of us I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. a fun movie i don't think either of us are really thinking about it as like a best of the year contender but a recommendation no, but I had a totally. great time with it 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that if you're able to still catch it in a theater that's got a good sound system, if it piqued your interest, those 10 minutes uh, that they released, definitely go catch it there. Just don't be too high on the story. Yeah. And, and just, you know, don't expect it to be like the experience at the Richard Rogers Theater. Like, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not going to yeah. stack up to, to what the original was. So I don't know, bro. My HBO mixing, <laughs> my <laughs> HBO Max stream. <laughs> oh. Favorite character? Um. You know, I, I thought they undercut a lot of the Benny, Benny stuff because he was my favorite character when I saw the, the show live. He's my favorite it, character in this one, too. He's the only he? one pushing everybody's sueñito. Everybody's got this crazy sueñito to leave themselves, whatever else. He, my homie, what was his? His was nothing other than to help everybody else in the town, bro. True, true. And then number two would be Mark Anthony because he stole that <laughs> show, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we both went, that's Mark Anthony. He killed it. Yeah, I really like Daniela uh, and this and all the people in the salon too. Um, I Stephanie so Beatrice Daniela gets my favorite line. Dope. Yeah, Stephanie Daniela Beatrice gets my favorite line. The uh, Cuba Dominica Rican line, I think it was. Oh yeah, was that in the play? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 